This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 9.19am, you're listening to The Morning Run with Shazana Shaoning and Keith. Let's get a quick update on the FBM KLCI, possibly also the STI. Okay, at this moment, both are somewhat flat. The Singapore Straits Times is up very marginally by 0.05%, while our very own FBM KLCI is up by 0.01%. Okay. Uh, let's take a look then at uh, other implications for stocks following from the Singapore budget that was tabled last Friday. Uh, so far on a year-to-date basis, the Straits Times Index is down about 0.5%. It's outperforming Thailand but underperforming its ASEAN neighbours, including us, uh, as well as Indonesia. Uh, we are up 5% on a year-to-date basis. Indonesia is up 1%. The index has been dragged down by Citrium, Wilma, Singtel and Capital Land Ascenders Trust while outperformers include Singapore Airlines and the three banks that, that are OCBC, UOB and DBS. So will the STI recover from the weak start to the year of the dragon? And what are some of the investment ideas to consider? For some thoughts on this, we have on the line with us Tilan Vikramasinghe, Head of Research for Singapore at Maybank Investment Bank. Tilan, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. So how do you think the markets are reacting to the expansionary Singapore Budget 2020? Are they pleased, um, given that it's more titled towards tilted towards investments and attracting quality FDI? Morning, and thanks for having me on the show. So you are right. Um, this is an expansionary budget with broad spending across households and businesses. So it will uplift uh, corporate earnings and also consumer spending. However, I must qualify this by saying that historically, budgets in Singapore don't uh, make as much impact on the market as they do on the real economy. Uh, This is because a lot of Singapore LISCOs have overseas revenue contributions, which don't get impacted by the domestic budget. Plus, the STI is not really fully reflective of Singapore's real economy. However, with a lot of initiatives aimed at improving Singapore's long-term competitiveness and incentivizing investments in critical areas like uh, green transition, AI, infrastructure, and FDI, we think there are some opportunities to enhance earnings and valuations um, across multiple sectors down the line, though. Tilan, more support has been directed for investments in what the government sees as having national competitive advantage by seeding the financial sector development fund by two billion Sing dollars. Does it mean the banks are the main beneficiary of this? This will provide uh, sizable support for the banking sector. The financial sector development fund has though a much wider mandate from fintech to green transition as well. So the spillover effects uh, would be beneficial for uh, broader financial sector uh, uh, areas like private equity, uh, for instance, and other types of alternative investments, to all the way to wealth management, uh, along with the mainstream banking sector. Um, Also, we think this could be a boost to SGX as well, as this could open some new pipelines for new listings as well as new products. Uh, I also want to highlight that there was a $3 billion injection to uh, research, innovation, and enterprise uh, 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 endowments, as well as another $1 billion allocated to AI over the next five years. So I think a lot of these will also benefit the bank, uh, given that they have already been making some big investments uh, in their tech as well as their AI architecture as well. So Tilan of the three banks, which is your top pick then? 
we like DBS. Um, they've had some issues with their technology over the last, uh, you know, last year or so. But if you really look at who's been leading the pack in terms of building the technology infrastructure, their AI infrastructure, um, you know, they're, they're, they're leading that along with the fact that they have some of the lowest cost of funding. So even as interest rates start to come, come off, maybe towards the second half of this year, they'll be able to defend their margins a lot better. Plus, they're offering close to a 7% dividend yield, uh, and they probably can pay out even more dividends uh, in appreciating Sing dollar. Meanwhile, emphasis was placed on the green transition to help the government achieve its net zero goal by 2050, including a $5 billion Sing dollar future energy fund. Which sectors and even names uh, are set to benefit from this? The scale of the energy transition required to move Singapore's predominantly uh, natural gas-driven electricity generation to low carbon uh, will be massive. Uh, so from a first-order impact, the industrial sector will be the key beneficiary, uh, given the transition they themselves are undergoing to reorganize their revenues around alternative energy. So names like Keppel, Semcorp uh, will be some of the top names here. Following this, we think there will be opportunities for some of the small and mid-cap names uh, as energy transition uh, involves not just generation, but also transmission and other infrastructure as well. So, uh, uh, you know, a slate of companies in engineering, construction, offshore marine uh, technology will also benefit. One of the names we like in that space is Dynamac, which is an offshore and marine player, which is venturing into areas like green hydrogen so that they could be a, a medium term winner. Households were also not excluded with various cash payouts and income tax rebates, especially the lower income ones, uh, although they all will receive an additional $600 in Community Development Council vouchers. Is the consumer sector the obvious beneficiary and who are more obvious than, the, uh, than others? Sure. So I think the cash uh, ha handouts will be uh, certainly positive for consumer sentiment uh, and, and more liquidity. Uh, we think uh, names like the supermarket, names like Shen Xiong uh, will be one of the key beneficiaries, along with F&B names like Kimli, who, who operate hawker centers. Uh, we also think that this would benefit some of the uh, suburban retail REITs as uh, uh, names like uh, Fraser Centerpoint Trust and also uh, more broadly retail REITs like CICT as well. Dylan, pri private property prices in Singapore rose 6.3% in 2023. But if you look at the performance of the listed calls, property companies have been on the have been the laggards actually on the STI with city development and capital land down by 20%. So were there any goodies from Budget 2024 that will change that trajectory? So there were some good goodies, but I think they have a marginal benefit. Uh, developers have been given a little bit more flexibility in the sale of uh, residential units with the uh, changes on how additional buyer stamp duty is being charged. But we don't think that's going to be enough to uh, lift sentiment on the sector, though. Uh, one of the, the, the key sort of headwinds for the developers is that they do have sizable exposure to China, where the property market continues to be in the doldrums. So I think there needs to be a clear turning point uh, in, in terms of the Chinese property sector uh, for us to like really say that this, this sector is out of the woods. Uh, we think that there are probably better uh, opportunities with some of the more selective REIT names uh, to play at this stage. 
Dylan, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Dylan Vikramasinghe, Head of Research for Singapore at Maybank Investment Bank, giving us uh, some of the uh, some of his points on how Budget 2024 in Singapore could uh, impact mm. Singapore equities. Although he did say, right, if you look at it historically, it doesn't really have that much impact on the performance of the stock market initially. But of course, there are some sectors which seem to be have a, a bit of a boost from budget. So for the banks is clearly one, DBS being his favourite. Uh, he likes some of the consumer names. So Sheng Xiong is what he mentioned. He also likes those suburban REITs. Those are other things to consider, actually. All right. Uh, we still have a little bit of time. Let's squeeze in an earnings report. Uh, we have KPJ Healthcare. They reported a 16% rise in net profit to 73.4 million ringgit in the fourth quarter ended December 31st. And this was due to higher patient numbers and a tax write back. Its quarterly revenue rose 19% to 912 million ringgit on a 4% gain in patient numbers. For the full year, its net profit went up 58% to 264 million ringgit. Uh, revenue increased 19% to 3.42 billion. Okay, so if you look at it, uh, the outlook, they're supposed to be focusing on medical tourism. They've set a target of 40% revenue contribution from this segment in the next four years. They've got a collaboration with US Medical Center Mayo Clinic. Now, does the street like this name? The answer is yes, 10 buys, 4 holes, no sells. Consensus target price for KPJ, 1 ringgit and 74 cents. Last time price, the stock was up 1 cent to 1 ringgit and 64 cents. Stock is already up 14% on a year-to-date basis, trading at 26 times PE. At first glance, you think, oh, rather expensive. But let me tell you, medical stocks never cheap in the region. All right, it's 9.28 in the morning. We're going to be heading into the 9.30 a.m. news bulletin. And then after that, on pressing matters, we're putting the spotlight on uh, Myanmar and how armed rebels are affecting Myanmar's military junta. Stay tuned to BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.